Good morning, church. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. First Sunday of the new year is here. Um, praise God. Be glad to be in the house of God. You sure? All right. Why don't you tell your neighbor, tell yourself, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> glad to be here. No one dragged me to be here. I'm here out of my own will because God has been good. Amen. Praise God. I invite you to open up your Bible to the uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter number 1, and verse number 45. This is the uh, testimony of, uh, of Elizabeth to Mary as Mary entered the home of Elizabeth after having been visited by the angel Gabriel. And Elizabeth says to her, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. Actually, let, let me pray because I'm just going to jump into the message uh, uh, this morning. Heavenly Father, we are, we are so grateful, so grateful, so thankful, my God, for Jesus. We are thankful for Jesus, my God. If nothing else happened, we're thankful for Jesus. If no other promise was fulfilled, we thank you for Jesus. My God, we thank you. We, 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 where, where would we be? Where would we be? Where would we be? Where would we be, my God, if it were not for the awesome, the most precious, the most incredible gift that is Jesus? My God, we are so incredibly grateful, my God, that this is not a story, my God. This is our testimony. This is not our, just a, a story that we are reading. It is a life that we are living, my God. We are so grateful, my God, that we get the opportunity, my God, to live out, my God, this great promise that you've given us in Christ. We thank you, my God, for the liberty. We thank you for the freedom. We thank you for the peace. We thank you for the joy. We thank you for the hope. We thank you for the strength, my God. My God, we thank you for the peace that we are able, my God, to lay down and, and sleep at night because, my God, of the peace of Christ is within us, my God. For you said, peace I leave with you, not as, not as the world gives it, but my peace I leave with you. We're thankful. We're thankful for Jesus. And more than anything, my God, we thank you for the promise that declares that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are. And so therefore, Lord God, we thank you. We can say, welcome, Jesus, because we are confident that your presence is in this place, my God. And I pray that all throughout the service, may you make us even more aware and more awake, my God, to your presence that's in this place, Lord. My God, we choose right now, Father God, to submit our hearts and submit our minds to this place. We choose to bring it to you now, my God. We bring you our full attention. We bring you not half of our heart. We bring you all of our hearts, my God. My God, and I pray, my God, that you may give grace to everyone in this place. Not only to bring their hearts and minds, but to bring their burdens to you and be able to leave it before your presence and trust that you are good and your mercy endureth forever, my God. Father God, we thank you, my God, for now this moment, this opportunity. I praise, Lord God, that you would speak to your people. Speak to your people. Minister to them, my God. 
And we're thankful, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, again, Luke 145. Blessed is she who believe, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Highlight the word fulfillment in your heart. Because it is a word that is used over 40 times concerning Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection. That uh, over 400 prophecies and foreshadowings in the of the Old Testament were all fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ. And so from the book of Genesis to the book of Malachi, all throughout the Old Testament, every generation, every gen generation in all, in some form or fashion, heard it whispered and promised that the Messiah was coming. The Savior was coming. The one who would redeem and save the world from the darkness of sin and fear. He is coming. Moses told the people, he is coming. Isaiah prophesied, he is coming. Jeremiah said, he is coming. Daniel, Ezekiel, all of them, every prophet, all prophesied, he is coming. Every time the people cried out, God told them, he is coming. And so they... The, the people, the people waited and they longed for and they looked for his coming. And they waited and waited and all they kept hearing, he is coming, he is coming. Then John stood up and said, he is coming, he is coming. Into one fateful night in Bethlehem, the cry of a woman in labor echoed and resounded upon the cold stones of a barn cave. And there in that barn, there in that moment, the cries, the prayers, and the hopes of generations, all the promises and all of the prophecies came flowing out and pouring out of Mary's womb. And the heavens opened and the angels declared, Rejoice for this, for this day, this day in the city of David is a Savior, the Christ the Savior is born. In other words, the angel said the wait is over. The moment of fulfillment has come. And so 1 Corinthians 10 testifies that unto us, the fulfillment of the ages has come. That you are and I are living in the promise fulfilled. That you and I are living in what other generations long to see. Tell your neighbors that welcome to the fulfillment. And so Romans 8.32 testifies that he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously 
give us all things. In other words, if God did not withhold his son from us, if he fulfilled the promise of Christ to us, it is a testimony to every other promise God has made to us. That in Christ, all of God's promises are yes and amen. That you don't have to, to pray and ask God if you read a promise in the scripture. You don't have to ask God if this is your will for my life. Because all of God's promises are already yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That in Christ's birth we have the supreme witness that God is not only a God who promises. That God is a God that fulfills that which he has promised. Hallelujah. And see, I feel so impressed in my spirit to remind all of us, all of us that there will be a fulfillment. There will be a fulfillment because I feel that as believers, we have become so accustomed to hearing promise after promise after promise that, that we begin to grow numb to the fact that if there is a promise, there will also come a fulfillment. That just as there is a season of promise, there is a season of fulfillment and that is part of the testimony and witness that we have in the birth of Christ that God is not only a God who will promise, but if there is a promise, he will fulfill the promise that he gave. Help me preach to your neighbor and tell them there will be a fulfillment. As much as I love preaching and declaring the promises of God, I feel the need to talk to you this morning about fulfillment. Fulfillment. I, I feel like God has sent me in the spirit of Elizabeth, if you would, to speak to a, another Mary that, that's been holding on to a promise and holding on to a word, holding on to a hope and testify to you that blessed are you who believe for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to you from the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know what's been told to you. I don't know what those things are. But all I can tell you is that if God gave you a promise, he will come to fulfill that promise that he gave to you. And there will be a fulfillment of those things which were spoken to you by the Lord. Don't grow weary in your faith. Don't grow weary in your trust in him. Trust in him for there will be a fulfillment. Help me reach your neighbor and just tell them very intimately there will be a fulfillment. Yeah, there will be a fulfillment. There will be a fulfillment. I feel like I'm, I'm on assignment to prepare somebody for fulfillment. To prepare somebody for there will be a fulfillment. There will be a fulfillment. For God is not a man that he should lie. 
nor the son of man that he should change his mind. That's a word for somebody. God hasn't changed his mind. I know, I know, I, I know he made, I don't know how long he gave you the promise, how long ago he gave you that promise, but he has not changed his mind about what he has promised to you. He is not the son of man that he should lie, nor, nor the man that he should change his mind. The Bible says, does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I want to talk to you about fulfillment. And so in Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 16, it is the angels have come to the shepherds. They have announced. And so the shepherds had gone out. And the Bible says in verse 15, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing. What is your thing? Actually, what is your thing? I love the way it's framed because it's a blank check. Whatever your thing is. <laughs> let us come and see, let, it says, let us go see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. I know, I know most of us are familiar with this verse. And, but what I really want to highlight and talk to you is not so much about what the shepherds saw, but rather I want to talk to you about what they didn't see. Because when the shepherds walked in, they were purviewed. They, 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 they had the opportunity. They had the access. They, they saw the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths in a manger, just as the angels have said. The, the part, but the part they enjoyed, they and received from, and had the opportunity to participate in, was not the process of fulfillment, but the product of fulfillment. What the shepherds were there to see and witness, uh, what the, or rather what the shepherds were not there, what they were not there to see it witness was the process of fulfillment. They were not there to hear Mary's labor cries. They were not there to see her tears. They were not there through all the mess. By the time they got there, everything was already wrapped up, neatly packaged and cleaned up. They were not there for the whole process of fulfillment. And when I think about the process, the, the, pro, the, the process of the promise fulfilled, the process of Mary giving birth to Jesus with no pain medication and not even a bed for that matter, I realize that the process of promise is not as inviting as the product of promise. Which is why in our imaginations, many times, we, we skip to the part that the shepherds came to, which was the babe lying in the manger. We, we edit out the process of fulfillment and skip to the product. But all of us who have witnessed or experienced uh, childbirth understand that the process of fulfillment was painful. 
the process of fulfillment was full of tears and sweat. The process of fulfillment was bloody, messy. It was, it, it was, it was a mess. It was not the neatly packaged things that we see in the pictures or in the nativity scenes. Every time we have you ever watched a movie about the birth of Christ, it's all the process is always skipped. Fade to the product, and we skip the process. And it is the process that we edit out of Christ's birth. No one paints about the process. We don't write songs or sing songs about the process. In fact, we rarely even preach about the process. But I believe there is a dimension of the testimony that we miss when we edit out the process. Because without the testimony of the process, my situation and circumstance can make me feel so far away and out of reach of God's promises. But the testimony, the process assures me that no matter how many tears fill my eyes, in the middle of my tears, there will be a fulfillment. The testimony of the process tells me that no matter how much pain I may be experiencing right now, in the middle of the pain, there will be a fulfillment. That no matter how messy or bloody or broken things may seem, there will be a fulfillment. I know it may hurt. I know the process may be confusing, but I want to testify to you right now that you are not far from your fulfillment. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I, I was listening uh, the other day, I was trying to get into the New Year's mode. It, it was difficult, you know, it's, it's difficult to get into New Year's while you're hearing Christmas songs and you don't know which one you're going to dance to. <laughs> and uh, so that New Year's Day, I was listening to Christmas songs and I mean, the Christmas program. And, and so then I got home when I was trying to get into New Year's mood. And so I was, I was, li I was, I was flipping through and I, and I saw, and I heard, I came across this comedian and he said something that sort of made me laugh. He, he was talking about 2020. And he, and he called 2020 the year that took years. <laughs> and, and, but as I thought about that, I found that there was a truth in his humor. That tr it is the truth about the effect of pain. If you have ever, uh, man, if, you, if you've ever maybe hit your, your thumb with the hammer as you were trying to nail something or you... Or, or any of us stubbed your toe or what, what have you. When we have experienced pain, uh, uh, we realize that pain has the power to exaggerate time. That even if pain only lasts five minutes, pain is going to make you conscious of every second of those five minutes that you're going through. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That, in fact, you don't really count pain in minutes. You count pain in seconds. So if you have five minutes of pain, it's not five minutes of pain. It's 300, and, it's 300 seconds of pain, if my math is right. <laughs> Are you hearing? You, you, you will count every one of those seconds. Conscious, pain will make you very awake to the moment. And what I'm trying to tell you is that sometimes the pain of process 
can make you feel like you're further away from God's promises than you actually are. But because of the testimony, the process, I can testify to you that despite what the pain may be telling you, you are not far from your fulfillment. You're not as far as your pain would lead you to believe. In fact, Mary and Joseph, they couldn't even find the proper room to give birth in. They, they gave birth to Jesus and they gave birth to Jesus in what amounts to nothing more than a cave that travelers would keep their donkeys and animals in. And I have to believe that this is not what Mary was imagining when the angel Gabriel, Gabriel told her that she would give birth to the Son of God. That, that spectacular announcement with such a humble birth is not what we, she was picturing in her mind. You know how we do, you know, when we hear God's promises or we receive God's promises, there is a certain picture that comes into our minds on what it's going to look like and what's going to happen and what it's going to feel like when I receive my breakthrough and what's going to happen when it comes to the past. We have, we, we have these calculations of, of how it's going to happen and what it's going to look like. And sometimes those, those, that, that imagery is an obstacle sometimes to receiving the reality of what God is doing in our life. Well, that was good right there. <laughs> I have to imagine that as they walked up and down the streets of Bethlehem looking for a room and door after door after door was closed on them, I have to imagine that Mary was beginning to wonder to herself, where's all the favor, favor that Gabriel told me about. Oh, highly, where is the favor? Door after door closed. If, if, if I'm birthing, if what I have in me is that significant and of that dimension, how come I have to give birth on a dirt floor instead of on a bed? It's not what we pictured. This is not how you pictured this going. Can you be honest with yourself? <laughs> Can you be honest with us this morning? It's just us, nobody else. <laughs> this is not how you pictured it. This is not the direction you expected this season of your life would go. But the testimony of process tells me that just because my circumstances does not fit the, my, my ideal picture of how things should go, of how things should, should have been does not mean that God's promises can't, does not, won't be able to find room in my circumstance. That God's promise can be fulfilled in the cold, hard, and dark cave of the circumstance I'm in right now. Is there anybody who is thankful for the testimony of process? Is, does anybody thank God for the testimony that we have in process? The testimony lets, you, lets me know that no matter how dark or obscure the situation I find myself may be, that my life is not hidden from God's promises. Your life is not hidden from God's promises. Your circumstances are not out of reach and out of God's promises. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? 
Just help, help, help me this morning. I don't know. Maybe your neighbor needs another voice in their life. Tell, tell them your life is not hidden. Yeah, 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 yeah. No matter where you are, God's promises can find you. Your life is not hidden from God's promises. It can find you beneath a bridge. If, if, if it could find Mary in the cave, it can find you beneath a bridge. It can find you in the hospital. It can find you in a home with no address or no road. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? David said, where can I go and hide from your presence? Even if I go down to hell, there you are with me. There is no place that you can hide from God's promises. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? When it comes time for fulfillment, ask Joseph the fulfillment, the promises of God found him in prison. Ask Gideon, who the Bible, who said he was hiding in the wine press. But you, when it comes time for fulfillment, you cannot, your life is not hidden from God. You cannot hide from God's promises. The circumstances of life cannot hide you from God's promises. When it comes time for, for fulfillment to happen, it will happen anywhere. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That sometimes even when, when all of us know when it comes time for a woman to give birth, it doesn't matter where she is. When the time comes, the, 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 situ, the, the promise does not consult your situation and ask if it's a convenient time. If, you're gonna ha- if you are in a taxi, fulfillment is going to happen in the taxi. If you're in the grocery store, fulfillment is going to happen in the grocery store. If you're walking on the sidewalk... And it, the time comes. The, the promise is not interesting. Oh, let me wait till she gets to a hospital. Hospital or no hospital. Doctor or no doctor. Medicine or no medicine. Convenient or not. In the middle of the night, wherever you are, if you're in the cave, fulfillment will come. There will be a fulfillment. There will be a fulfillment. I want to get it down in your spirit until it reaches through all of that pain. And I want to tell you there will be a fulfillment of those things, of those things, of those things. What things? I don't know what those things are that God has spoken to you. Of those things which were told to you by the Lord. Help me tell them again your life is not hidden. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The angel told the shepherds, this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in his waddling clothes, lying in a manger. Isn't that interesting? The angel knew exactly where she was. They, they, they thought it was circumstances driving them to the situation. They thought this was all random. They thought that the plan is all messed up. They thought they just couldn't find a room. But look at here. He said the sign. (laughs) The sign is you're going to find the baby. It's lying in a major. It tells me that just because things did not go as you planned doesn't mean that you're out of God's plan. I hear what I'm saying to you. He said this is the sign. You mean all those closed doors with a sign? This dirt floor is a sign. This shall be a sign to you. Tell 
your neighbor and help me to tell them you're still in God's plan. Even if it doesn't feel like it, you're in God's plan. Even if it doesn't look like it, you're still in God's plan. <laughs> you never imagined that cave with God's plan. But it's God's plan. This will be the sign. Hallelujah. You see, what Mary did not take into account is the shepherds that would come to take part in the witness of Christ's birth. When they were thinking about the room, they were not, they didn't have the shepherds in mind when they were trying to find a room. And, and while the room at an inn, maybe it could have satisfied the birth, it did not have room to accommodate the coming shepherds. You don't even realize it, but there are people on the other side of your promise. That the promise takes into an account more than just you. And this is one thing that's going to be really difficult for us to grasp. That we who have carried the promise to come to terms with. And that is the promise is not all about you. It's not all about you. I'm talking to you about fulfillment. I'm preparing you for fulfillment. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There was, there was a time when, when Israel was still in Egypt and he was already giving them instructions about their promised land even before they left Egypt. And so I'm, I, I'm giving you instructions in preparation for your fulfillment. God's purpose in your promise is so much bigger than you. And I feel I have to warn you right now that God is going to send people to you that will have a share in the product, in the product of your, your promise who have never shared in the process of your promise. And that's what's going to make it hard. They weren't there to see your tears. They weren't there to hold you and share with you and go through the process with you and believe with you. They came when it was all cleaned up. They, they, they came when it was all done and finished and it was all wrapped up. And here they came. With, with, they, with, they didn't help in the process. They didn't have a part in the process. They did not witness the process. But here they come to have a share in the product. <laughs> and it's going to feel unfair. Let me tell you right now. Can, can, can I be honest? Can we be honest? It's going to feel unfair. You have to share the product with people who did not have a share in the process. And part of you, and part of you is not going to want to share. You don't mind if people come to watch. You don't mind if people clap. But you don't want to share. <laughs> and you're going to be tempted to be possessive and guarded about the portions because the first thing you do when you in fact the very first thing you do when you experience pain what do you do you reach towards yourself right that's the first instinct if I, if I hurt myself I pull in 
I hold on to it. I grasp hold of it. That's the, that is the, the trigger. That is the temptation. That is the, the instinct of pain. It makes you draw inward. And, because, and if you're not careful, pain can make you selfish. Because the thing is, now that you have this thing in your hands, the product now justifies the process. And you don't want to let it go. And you don't want to share. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Women who have given birth. The last thing, right, you want to do after you've gone through all that process in giving birth is allow someone else to hold your baby. <laughs> mine. This is mine. You didn't share in the pain. Why should, you, why should I share Something you you didn't you, you it, it didn't cost you anything you it, you don't know what you, you don't know what I had to go through the birth this thing why should I have to share with you when you didn't share with it here look but it's mine we have these rooms I went to somebody's house one time and and they had a room full of nice furniture they said you can look but you can't sit in it that's how we are with this. You can look, but don't touch. <laughs> you, 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 you can admire it, but you can't eat from it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Do you ever mother have good china? Display only. <laughs> look, but don't eat from it. This is the human temptation magnified. This is, you're not going to want to share. I'm going to tell you right now. You'll clap right now about sharing, but when it comes down to sharing, you don't want to share. But this is why part of the testimony of fulfillment says, blessed is she who believed. You don't need faith for the product. You need faith for the process. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Belief, belief comes into play not for the product. It is, it is for you to go through the process. Because it is vital that you don't allow your pain to interpret your promise, but rather you allow your faith to interpret your pain. This is why Paul declared in 2 Corinthians 4.17, he says, for our, for our light affliction, we know this verse, for our light affliction, which is, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory but it, when you look at the context of this verse the uh, the the the, uh, the affliction that Paul describes this is the same context where Paul talks about we were persecuted but not abandoned struck down and not destroyed this is not I, I'm sorry Paul I don't know what you consider heavy afflictions but I don't want to I don't want to go through whatever you're calling light if that's light, I don't know what's heavy. <laughs> he, he, he said, these light, he said, these light afflictions. Really? And let me tell you something. No pain feels light when you're going through it. Neither does it feel temporary. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And the women said, <laughs> what we're seeing here what we're, what we're witnessing here is pain 
interpreted it through faith. These light afflictions, which are but for a moment, that's faith. That's faith. Are you hearing what I? These, these light afflictions and the way that he sort of frames it doesn't mean that it's, he doesn't really uh, contextualize it as something past tense. These, they're right now, light afflictions, which are wet for a moment, is achieving, is working for us. That's faith. He said, this is working for me. This pain is working for me. I don't know how it's going to work, but I, I just trust God. Is working for because I know in the end there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told for me. So I have to believe that somehow this pain fits in the equation of what's happening. So I will trust Him through the pain that that entrust Him that somehow the pain will take me closer to fulfillment. What am I? I'm helping you interpret your pain. I'm helping you use your faith to interpret your pain. Because, because here's the problem. See, I'm not talking about ignoring your pain. I'm talking about interpreting your pain. You're not going to be able to ignore the pain. <laughs> but I'm talking about how to interpret your pain. One way or another, you're going to get through the process. But the real question is, is your attitude on the other end of fulfillment? Are you going to be able to share and to steward the fulfillment that comes? Or are you going to be greedy and possessive? Are you going to hinder the very promise that you have in your hands? Are you going to sit on the talent, sit on the gift, bury it and hide it so no one is able to share? How are you going to steward the fulfillment that comes? This is now the question. That after all that pain, can you be open enough to allow and invite people into your cave and share in the witness of the promise? But God is not asking you to participate in something that he has not demonstrated to us himself. Because isn't that what Jesus did on the cross? He took the process of the cross but shared the victory of the cross with those of us who never shared in the, in, in the pain, in the process of the cross. He took the sorrow of the cross so that you could enjoy and share in the joy of the cross. He took the nails that were in the cross so that you would share in the liberty, in the freedom of the, of the freedom of the cross. That he took the stripes, he took the wounds, he took, the Bible says he was wounded so that you could share in the healing. Isn't this what Jesus did for us? Isn't this what he demonstrated to us? That the Bible says that when he sat down at the right hand of the Father, that he, that he didn't take up all the space. That he made room and he says, come up here with me and be seated in heavenly places. That you are, we, the Bible declares that we are seated with Christ. Those of us who did not, not share in the process, somehow he shares the seat of victory. Shares the seat of joy. Shares the seat of peace. Shares the, are you understanding what I'm saying to you? Hallelujah. Don't let the pain of process 
make you lose sight of what this is all about. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Don't allow the tears. Don't allow the pain. Don't allow the mess. Don't allow the process to rob you of the perspective of what this is all about. You know, the Bible talks about how at the, at the end of the process, the Bible says that eight days later that Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple to do for him what the temple custom required. And the Bible says that on the eighth day he was circumcised and that's where he receives his name. And the Bible says that there that day Simeon was in the temple. And the Bible says that moved by the Spirit he walked in just as Joseph and Mary came in. And he saw the babe Jesus. And he walked straight up. Took. Didn't even ask. Took the babe Jesus. And he looked at the Jesus. And he said, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes has seen the consolation imagine he said I can check out now I've seen enough I embraced enough this is all the blessing I needed this moment right here he said he said he said you I can it's if nothing he said if nothing else happens I'm in peace if nothing else happens I'm in joy I can check out now I can my eyes has seen the consolation of Israel. And the Bible says, as they were hearing Simeon speak, Mary and Joseph marveled at what was said about him. You marveled? You, didn't you hear from Gabriel? Didn't you dream the dreams? And did, didn't you hear? Did, how? You're the one who birthed it. You're the one holding it. You're the one who received it. You're the one who was promised and received it and heard about it. How can you marvel about what was said? Marvel. And I said, and I, I, I got that stumped. I said, how? How is it that they can marvel? But I understood that sometimes the pain of process can cause you to lose sight of, about, of what you're holding. And you lose sight about what it's about. And, it, and, you, and you, you, you start to take what others marvel at as something normal. And you lose the divine respect for, 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 for the miracle that you are holding. And I'm here to testify to you that some of us need to be reacquainted, reintroduced to the marvel of what we are carrying. 
that somehow I think through the process of life and through the process of stuff and through the process of church programs, through the process of preaching, through the process of the chair that you're sitting in, that you've lost sight of what this is all about. And someone has to, like, and a, a Simeon has to come to you and re-energize and reignite and remind you about the marvel of what you are carrying in you. For the Bible says Christ in you. Christ in you, that Christ that other generations long to see, the Christ that other people prayed for, the, the, the Christ that, that Simeon said, now I can check if I don't have anything else, if nothing else happened in my life. If nothing, if I didn't get the car, if I didn't get the house, if I didn't get the job, if I didn't get the promotion, this, well, God, this is enough. Woo, this is enough. My eyes have seen. My eyes have seen. My eyes have seen. I pray, church of God, that you don't lose your sense of wonder. I pray, church of God, that, that this miracle that you're holding does not become so common to you. Maybe you need the testament of David who says, He restored unto me the joy of my salvation. He reminded me of what I was without him, that I was nothing without him. I was in the shepherd's field. Nobody knew my name. Nobody looked in my direction. But all of a sudden, when I wasn't looking for him, he was looking for me. When I forgot myself, he never forgot me. When all else, when everybody else left me by the way, he came for me. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. For I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know who I am without you. I know what my life would be without you. I know, Lord, who I was and what I was before my eyes had seen. I'm so grateful for the promise. Brothers and sisters, we are living in the promise fulfilled. We are living in what other generations longed and groped after. Unto us has come the fulfillment Unto you has come the fulfillment. The fulfillment. Think about it, the fulfillment. You're living in the fulfillment. You're living, you're worshiping in the fil fulfillment. You're lifting your hands in the fulfillment. You are praying and trusting in the fulfillment. You are hoping in the fulfillment. Walking and breathing in the fulfillment of those things which were only told to other generations. You are living in what they were only told about. The power of sin and death has been broken. And in Christ Jesus, you've been ushered into a new living hope filled with the treasures of his peace, joy, and love. This is what has come to you. This is what has come to you. I pray that you would be awakened. I pray that you be awakened so you can share the truth of the fulfillment of what you're holding. Hey, this is just a reminder. Have you subscribed to our Telegram channel? Not only will you find important announcements, but also access to our daily devotionals, family devotionals, and much, much more. 
We also want to take this moment to thank you for your generosity and faithfulness throughout the years. Not only is your giving a fragrant and acceptable offering before God, but Paul in 2 Corinthians 9.12 describes it as an expression of ministry. And it is that very ministry that allows us to continue to put our hands to the plow together in the work of reaching people with the message of God's grace and love. You can give through four different avenues. You can stop by your nearest commercial bank or Braham Bank and deposit your offering into the account number on the screen. You can also take advantage of either bank's mobile banking apps. For those of you who have international major credit cards or debit cards, you can give online on our website, bezachurch.org. And you can always stop by our accounting office on the PK Building 5th floor, and they will be happy to serve you there. In this extraordinary and unusual season, we appreciate you going out of your way to give. Thank you. God bless you. Bemecharasham and neger lastawsachu. Yebeza Telegram channelin join yadergu. በቴሌግራም የቤተክርስቲያን ማስተዋቂያ ብቻ ሳይሆን የለታዊ የእግዚአብሔር ቃል ጥናት የቤተሰብ ጥናት እና ሌሎች አጫጭር ነገሮችን ያገኛሉ። በዚህ መንፈሳዊነቱን በመመገብ ይጥቁ። በመጨረሻ ለእግዚአብሔር በታማኝነት እንደቃሉ አስራትና መባቹን የፍቅር ስጦታችን ስለምትሰጡ እግዚአብሔር ይባርካችሁ። ለእግዚአብሔር የምትሰጡት ስጦታችሁ በእግዚአብሔር ዘንድ እንደ መልካም ማዕዛ እንደሆነ ቃሉ ያስተምረናል። ይብቻ ሳይሆን ሁለተኛ ቆሮንጦስ ምዕራፍ 9 ቁጥር 12 ላይ እንደሚያስተምረን ለእግዚአብሔር የምናቀርበው አገልግሎታችንም ጭምር ነው ይሄው አገልግሎታችሁ በእግዚአብሔር ያገልግሉት እርሻ ላይ አብልጠን እንድንዘረጋ ሰዎችንም በእግዚአብሔር የጸቃቃል እንድንدرس የሚያደርገን አብረን የምንጠመድበት ያገልግሉት እድል ነው ስትሰጡ በአራት መንገድ መስጠት ይችላልላችሁ አንደኛ በቅርባችሁ ወደሚገኝ የኢትዮጵያ ንግድ ባንክ ወይም ብርሃን ባንክ በመሄድ ሁለተኛ በተለይም በዚህ እንግዳ ጊዜ በስልካችሁ በሚገኝ ሞባይል ባንኪንግ አፕ እንድትጠቀሙ አብልጠንን መከራለን ከኢትዮጵያ ውጪ ላላችሁ ወገኖቻችን ደግሞ በሜጀር ክሬዲት ካርድ ወይም ዴቢት ካርድ በመጠቀም bezachurch.org ድረገጽ ላይ በመሄድ መስጠት ይችላልላችሁ በመጨረሻም በቲኬ ኢንተርናሽናል ህንፃ አምስተኛ ፎቅ ላይ በሚገኘው የቤዛ ሂሳብ ክፍል በመሄድ ለተሰጡት ይችላልላችሁ በዚህ ባልተለመደ እንግዳ በሚመስል ጊዜ ሁሉን አልፋችሁ ለእግዚአብሔር ሥራ ከሌላው ጊዜ አብልጣችሁ ስለተዘረጋችሁ እግዚአብሔር ይባርካችሁ እንወዳችኋለን እግዚአብሔር ይጣበቃችሁ ፊቱንም ያብራላችሁ